Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Can you think of something you repeatedly do, a behavior of some sort, in hopes of changing a person you care about? And if so, why do you still do it, knowing that at a minimum nothing changes, but at most it causes them to drift away from you? In other words, when you see someone unhappy by a behavior that you're doing, why do you keep doing it knowing that you are dissolving love and connection? Maybe you know the answer, maybe not, but if you want to contemplate questions like that and learn how to stop doing behaviors that drive those you care about away from you, check out the Healed Being program over at HealedBeing.com. Life presents the toughest challenges. Every day you are faced with decisions that test your ability to express who you really want to be in this world. We're told to keep saying affirmations and keep thinking positively, but what do you do when that stuff doesn't work? Welcome to the Overwhelmed Brain, where you'll learn to make decisions that are right for you so that you can create the life you want now. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Paul Coliani, and I want to help you learn the skill set you need to deal with life's challenges in the most emotionally intelligent way. This show consists of my personal opinions and is meant for informational purposes only. Always seek a professional for your mental health and well-being. Glad you're here, glad you showed up, and I hope that you get something from today's episode. Uh, I'm going to get right into a relationship question that I received. And um, whenever I read a relationship question, just so you know, you can apply it to any relationship in your life. And if you don't have any relationships in your life, that... um, can apply to the future. (laughs) I'm not sure what to tell you there because a relationship can be with anyone in the world. It can be with family. It can be with a friend. And uh, it's helpful to think of everything I talk about as communication. Like everything that I talk about in the show is all about communication, how to effectively communicate with yourself, you know, how to talk to yourself, how to find out what's going on inside of you. Or if you just want to talk to yourself, totally up to you. But I like to dig in deep, dig into my psyche and ask myself important questions to understand what uh, might be going on inside of me if I have some sort of emotional upset going on and um, how to effectively talk to others and uh, keep it maybe uh, calm, neutral. Uh, Or if you have to elevate it, that's fine too sometimes. Sometimes you have to elevate the energy of the conversation to get something done. Because I guarantee you, if you're dealing with a master manipulator and you're calm and cool, they're probably going to get one over on you. They're going to pull a fast one. They're going to deceive you because you may not be able to get your point across. Problem with that as well is that with any master manipulator, Even if you elevate the energy, it still may not work. 
they may uh, fight back in ways that they have learned over the years and you may not be prepared for it and this is sometimes the point where you have to walk away because some people don't want to lose some people don't care about your feelings some people want to win no matter what the cost and when you're around those types of people you won't win unless you agree so you have to be careful who your friends are who you get into relationships with and who your coworkers are and make sure that mm, I don't know if I should say this size them up <laughs> make sure you understand who they are so that you don't waste a lot of breath and you don't waste a lot of time or energy trying to change their mind trying to make them see something that you know is right or true because these certain people that I'm talking about want to win and want to be right no matter what so when you're around those people you may not ever see eye to eye you may not ever meet on middle ground and that's when you just have to put your hands up and say I guess we'll never agree and you can walk away and you may think I know I'm right but they don't want to see it because they want to win I'm talking about a certain type of person, not just anyone that wants to be right. Because there are certain people that want to be right and they will fight for it. But then there are people that want to win (laughs) no matter what. And uh, when you're around those people, it it is difficult. So I'm not necessarily getting into that today. Well, we'll see. I've got this email. I didn't necessarily um, read the whole thing yet. But I'm going to read it to you and we'll see where we go with it. But again, this show is really about healthy communication, intelligent communication, as far as emotionally speaking. Uh, I I can't give you academically intelligent. (laughs) I'm not quite there, but uh, I can convey a message well enough. But um, I think you could find a little something in every episode I do. Been doing this for many, many years, so hope this episode helps, just like maybe some other episodes have helped as well. First email, and I don't know if I'll get to the second one, but let's just see where this goes. Thank you for your content. You're welcome. Although in the beginning of my relationship a few years ago, I felt as happy as I'd ever been. These days, although I know I love my partner, almost all I feel is numbness and frustration. I don't feel I was ever fully accepted as who I am, although I do not have the easiest past with substances and some casual encounters. I have grown a lot. I felt extremely guilty for it, and I was not fully transparent in the beginning out of fear. I felt extremely guilty and wanted to make things right and would do anything my partner asked, regardless of how I felt. Now I don't really feel I have a life anymore outside the relationship, and I feel I have lost myself and even forgotten who I am. I feel lost. After so long, I want to try turning things around before quitting on us. Is it possible to start over? And if so, how can it be done? Okay, thanks so much for writing. I actually have to figure out what you're asking here. So you felt numb and frustrated, or you feel that now, and you don't feel like you're fully accepted as who you are. Okay, I have grown a lot. Great. I feel extremely guilty for your past or not being fully transparent in the beginning out of fear. I felt extremely guilty and wanted to make things right and would do anything my partner asked regardless of how I felt. Okay, so I'm sensing a lot of people-pleasing tendencies in here and uh, a lot of behavior driven by guilt. And yeah, if you do behavior driven by guilt, you'll not necessarily get the outcome that you want because you can do behaviors that you feel confident about because that's what you want that's who you are inside or you can do behaviors that may not necessarily be who you are because you feel guilty because if you don't do those behaviors then you feel like you're hurting someone else or making someone else's life miserable Um, but I, I do talk about people pleasers on a lot of episodes so I recommend you look those up in my library Um, Just in case, that's it. I don't know for sure, but from what you're describing, it sounds like you are more likely to please others than honor yourself. 
you're more likely to tell somebody what they want to hear than tell them what you want to say. And my go-to question, whenever it comes to something like this, is to ask myself, what would I do or say if I had absolutely no fear of the consequences? And I ask myself that question, and the answer that comes up is my truth. My next step is to take action on my truth. That's the hard part. I have to take action on what comes up for me. So this person who wrote, again, thank you so much for for writing, and um, ask yourself that question because this is how you start over. This is how you start fresh for you, regardless of how the relationship turns out. And I know you don't necessarily want to hear that because you want to save this relationship or you want to make sure before it ends, before its demise, that you have at least tried Let me share with you, I've been in uh, probably five major relationships in my life and I have learned so much from the last major relationships in my life. And what I've learned most is that every time I wasn't the person that I really wanted to be, the relationship failed. The relationship failed because of that. Because I wasn't authentic, that's not the only reason for my relationship failures, but I can look back and see many, many moments where the relationship started to dissolve, the the connection, the energy, the closeness, all of it, the love, the passion, the romance, all of it started to dissolve because I did not want to be my authentic self. That's because what I showed someone else, they had to interpret what was really going on inside of me. Because I always showed them a smile. I showed them nothing bothered me. I showed them that I wasn't an angry person. I showed them that I could handle anything. I was invincible. At least that's the message or the picture I tried to paint. That's the picture I tried to show them, that I was invincible and that they could rely on me. I wanted to be their rock. And the problem with that is when you show somebody that you have no vulnerabilities, they don't think you're real. They don't think you're authentic. At least some people will not think that because some people won't um, understand that unconsciously that's what's happening inside of them. They are thinking there's something different or not right about this person. So unconsciously, certain people will think he he or she or they are so nice and they seem to be a rock. They seem to be immovable, impervious to danger, impervious to anger. So um, that's really great. But inside them, you know, inside their mind, they're thinking, but something's not right here. So that may not be a conscious thought. So what I'm trying to say is some people will see right through it. Right. You're always happy. Nothing ever bothers you. And you just seem to be trying to convince me that everything in your life is perfect. Yeah, that, you know, maybe it could be. Maybe there's somebody or many people out there where their life is perfect. Nothing ever, nothing's ever wrong. They have no emotional spectrum that goes below um, slightly unhappy. (laughs) They never get angry. They never get sad. And they always show the world this smile or even a neutral, you know, this neutral emotional face. And because they're showing the world this one-sidedness, the world, or at least a lot of people, consciously or unconsciously, will think there's something more that's not being shown, so I'm a little suspicious of this person. And the more you know of this type of behavior, the more likely you will be suspicious and think there's something going on underneath. A perfect example, and I'm saying this with all due respect, is there are, uh, let me think, 
there are people like in the celebrity world that will show one face to the public and have an entirely different behavior, you know, behind closed doors. Robin Williams is a good example. Every time I saw Robin Williams, he was laughing, he was telling jokes, he was always on. Always. And every time I saw him in an interview, every time he did anything that wasn't like choreographed or acting or anything like that, anytime he talked to somebody in the public where, you know, I got to watch it, I always thought, he's always on? Really? Always? And I know you have to keep a public persona, but I really wanted to see the real him. I really wanted to see the real person underneath. I wanted to know who he was. And then unfortunately, as you probably know, Robin Williams committed suicide a few years back. And of course, the world was struck. I mean, how could he commit suicide? He was always so happy and laughing and joking. We only got to see one side of him. And I'm not saying he should have shown this other side. Of course, if he was experiencing depression and difficulties, he should have been seeing a therapist and should have been talking to people, of course. I mean, hopefully, hopefully he was. I don't, I don't know the full story, but I do know that the side that we saw is very much what I'm talking about here. Sometimes we walk around showing one side of us, like we don't have a full emotional spectrum. And I get it, you know, sometimes we don't want to. Sometimes we don't want to be that vulnerable. If they see I'm angry, that means I'm a little bit uh, exposed. They may see that as a weakness. That's what happens is we have these misconceptions or preconceived ideas that people will judge us or say something about us. And um, so we don't show up as how we feel. And, you know, sometimes we feel miserable a lot. And we don't want to show up as miserable all the time. Oh, here comes uh, poor Paul. I'll just make myself a, a nickname. <laughs> here comes poor Paul, always with a dramatic story about his life. Hey, Paul, how's it going? Uh, I, I got a flat tire yesterday, and after I got it fixed, my engine blew. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, that's that's terrible, Paul. You know, it's another, it's another Paul story <laughs> that his, his life is miserable. And this... This can happen to a lot of us. It's happened to me. I've had times in my life that were just miserable. So what do we do? Do we go out into the world and tell our friends and family how miserable our life is? This is where we start creating a persona. We don't want other people to know that we're just a victim all the time to life's circumstances. And we do have to practice our coping mechanisms or develop new ones and Maybe not take things so seriously or the things that are serious, learn how to process them and heal through them. And there's so much that I, I talk about on this show and everything else I do, like, you know, Healed Being and my other podcast, Love and Abuse. I talk about all this stuff. I talk about how to become the healthiest, most improved version of you so that when the challenges come along, you know what to do or at least have more tools so that you can start doing something uh, that might be more helpful, more resourceful, more beneficial to you, so that you don't end up face down not knowing that there is more to life. Don't, don't take that the wrong way. I just mean face down depressed, face down exhausted, face down victim all the time. So what I'm going to do is take a quick break here, and when we come back, I'm going to get into what this person wrote and what they can do as far as um, starting over, starting fresh. And I've given you the, the primer here, the setup for the next segment, because I think it is important to remember that we all have many sides. We all have the emotional spectrum to access, and we all have things that go on in our lives that um, might bother us and might make us feel good and it's just there's a whole world out there that we only sometimes show a part of, just like this person's writing that they said, uh, you know, I've been in this relationship and I wasn't honest at the beginning and I feel guilty about that. You know, I'm afraid I'm going to get into some vulnerability here, which means taking risks. 
taking a leap of faith into being yourself. And uh, that's how you start over. And we'll talk about that more in a minute, but we'll be right back right after this. mentioned ZocDoc to my girlfriend, the first thing she asked was, what? (laughs) I said ZocDoc, and of course, she hadn't heard of it, and I couldn't wait to tell her about it because I knew she'd love it. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. In other words, ZocDoc can help you find every specialist under the sun. My girlfriend said she is so sick of looking through her own insurance company's website to find doctors and specialists on her plan. She ends up calling offices one by one, trying to find one that will take her insurance, and it's frustrating as heck. I know you can relate. I know I do. Find doctors in your network, in your neighborhood, and use their super easy booking system so that you're not playing Battleship, you know, where you're trying to fit into their schedule and they're trying to fit into yours. It's just too cumbersome. ZocDoc makes it easy. And I want you to check out this fantastic service. Go to ZocDoc.com forward slash brain. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com forward slash brain. And start your search for a top rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com forward slash brain. ZocDoc.com forward slash brain. All right, now I want to talk to those of you who really need Indeed. You've heard of them. They are Indeed. They are the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Did you know that three out of four U.S. online job seekers search for jobs on Indeed each month according to Comscore? That means if you're looking for talent to hire, Indeed makes it easy. The right candidate is trying to find you, so make yourself findable. Get your business on Indeed so that you can tap into that three out of four job seekers. Indeed wants to connect you with the right candidate for the job, and they'll do all the hard work for you to make that happen. Plus, you only pay for the application that meets your must-have requirements. I remember throughout my life, right after the internet was created, I was searching for jobs online. That's where people go. They find you online. So join the more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed and start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com forward slash T-O-B, like the overwhelmed brain, T-O-B. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit at Indeed.com forward slash T-O-B. That's Indeed.com forward slash T-O-B. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Welcome back. I'm going to get into vulnerability with this person who wrote. Let me bring up their email again, make sure I have access to the stuff they wrote here. One of the things he brought up was feeling numbness and frustration. So the numbness... This is a perfect example of what happens when you don't allow yourself to come out as who you are. You, I mean, I'm not saying this is exactly what he's feeling, but I remember feeling so numb and also resentful when I was a people pleaser and allowed people to step on me and use me as a doormat. I did not want to um, continue being that person, the person who hid my true feelings from the world. If I was upset with somebody, I would hold it in. And so, who was I showing them? I was showing them somebody who wasn't upset, and they could do anything they want. And even the people that weren't a problem in my life, people that supported me and loved me, and didn't use me as a doormat, didn't push me around or anything like that, uh, didn't take advantage of me, those people still bothered me because I allowed them to. So even if it was something innocent, I would not speak up and offer my true thoughts or opinions. 
and I also expected them to understand where I was inside me. I expected them to be able to read my body language, read my mind, know my emotional state without me ever having to let on what those were. I expected them to know it because I thought that everyone was the same. I thought everyone was like me. I thought everyone thought like me, you know, thought the same things as me. If I was angry, then they would know it because they would be angry at that too. You know, if I was angry at my mom or dad for saying something that really upset me, then they would be angry too. So I generalized my emotional state to everyone else to think that they would also feel like I do, which is, I tell you what, a big waste of time. It is a huge waste of time to think that anyone is going to feel the same way about anything that you do. Someone might see a baby and think they're the cutest thing in the world. I want 10 of them. And another person might see one, I'm sorry, and say, I think they're ugly and I don't want anything to do with them because they cry and poop. (laughs) There are people out there like that. And everyone has their own thoughts and ideas and perceptions and history and references. Someone who loves their father, who got to know their father, grew up with their father, and their father was healthy and functional, is going to maybe love being a daddy or just loves having a positive male role model in their life. And then there are others whose dad was the worst, abusive, and because of that, they don't want to be a daddy or they don't want any uh, men telling them what to do or they can't see men as good authority figures or anything like that. I mean, everyone has their own experiences in life and we take those experiences into our world and then we make judgments and make decisions based on those experiences. So we can't look at somebody else and say, hey, they're like me. We can't look at somebody else and say, can't you see that I'm sad? Why can't you uh, empathize with me? Uh, I don't I don't know. That, that wouldn't make me sad. What? Why wouldn't that make you sad? Why are you getting angry with me? I, I don't know. It just wouldn't make me sad. This is what we do. We expect people, well, some of us expect people to have a certain feeling or reaction. And when they don't, we might be judgmental about it or or not. You know, this is just the way the world works. We're all different. And so the reason I brought that up is because we all have a different perception of the world, which means we have to show up as us and not expect anyone else to know what's going on inside of us unless we tell them. I talk about this in Love and Abuse over at loveandabuse.com, my other podcast, and I, I talk about how when there's a victim of emotional abuse who's crying like a lot and their partner or somebody who's supposed to care about them doesn't like sympathize, doesn't say, oh my God, what's wrong? Are you okay? And doesn't feel bad that they actually caused pain is because your tears may not be enough for them. Your crying may not be enough. Your pain, your suffering, it may not be enough for them because they just don't get why you're feeling that way. They can't comprehend it. Now that also might mean that they are emotionally disconnected or don't care. They may not care at all uh, or something else. But This is why I appreciate clarity in communication. And clarity in communication comes from authenticity and choosing to be authentic. As authentic as you feel you should be. I'm not saying that if you hate someone that you should go up and say, I hate you. Or if you uh, have a judgment about the way somebody dresses that you should just go talk to them and say, I don't like the way you dress. I mean, this is when we take our filters down. (laughs) This is what happens when we're inebriated or if we're on drugs or something that uh, removes our filters. We kind of have to be aware of our filters, and that's good. So that's why it's helpful to stay sober if you're not out and about doing stuff. But the idea is to be as authentic as you can. And this is where I come back to this person's email. And, you know, that numbness that you feel is you're numbing that part of yourself out because you're you're not letting yourself express it and that 
unexpressed part of you is going to go numb because it's unused. You're not allowing it to be. Hey, I feel anger. Well, I better stuff that back down. Of course that's going to get numb. Hey, I feel sad. Oh, I better stuff that down. Oh, that's going to get numb too. I feel guilty. Guilty about what? Oh, you know, all this stuff I did in my past. So I better stuff that down. That's going to cause numbness in your system. I don't know what the frustration part is in your email, but uh, I'm sure if you're frustrated, then maybe you're not like speaking your whole truth and you're trying to convey a message in a way that you hope they'll interpret as the truth. Like, why can't you hear what I'm talking about? Why can't you interpret what I'm saying? I said that I wasn't feeling very good about how I, uh, how the conversation went with my dad. Why can't you tell that I'm mad? And that might be frustrating to somebody because we're trying to convey a message to someone who doesn't understand until you tell them exactly what you want to tell them. So along the lines of not being yourself, not being authentic, that can cause definite numbness and even frustration because you may think that the other person can interpret it and they don't. And the numbness is, of course, repressing what you really want to say and feel. So coming back to this person's letter, they said, uh, I feel extremely guilty and wanted to make things right and would do anything my partner asked, regardless of how I felt. I don't even have to expand upon that because you're, you're going to get what I just said and, and relate it to what they just said. I feel extremely guilty and wanted to make things right and would do anything my partner asked me, regardless of how I felt. What does that do? That numbs you. Any type of repressing of how you feel and what you think will numb that part of you. And uh, this goes right along with um, on uh, the level of happiness that you feel. How happy can you be if a part of you is numb? I, I don't think it's possible. If you have a part of you that is numb, then you may not be able to reach the level of happiness, satisfaction, comfort, peace, security, whatever your values are in life, you may not be able to achieve it because you're repressing a part of you. Now, that doesn't mean if you're repressing a, a serial killer part of you <laughs> that you can't be fully happy, but I don't really necessarily get into that. I'm talking about if you are mostly a functional person that isn't walking around with any type of severe personality disorder, that this is what I'm talking about. This is where you are. And if you are beyond that, if you are diagnosable, you're probably not listening to this show. You probably don't care about what I'm talking about. So that's probably not for that person. But for all of us here, I think it's important to remember how we numb ourselves and uh, what happens when we numb ourselves. We can't reach the level of the high level values that we want to meet in our life. For me, you know, comfort and security and peace and happiness. All of those things are important to me. I can ask myself, how am I numbing any part of my life so I don't feel that? I mean, a good example is saying something that I really mean when I want to say it as opposed to not. I told this story a few years back. I was in a music store, and this guy threw on a uh, an extended warranty for this piece of gear. I think it was a microphone, for a, a microphone that I was buying. And he didn't tell me. He just threw it on and it was an extra charge, and he did some fast double talking, and suddenly I had this extra charge on my, my receipt. And I said, what is this? He goes, oh, that's the extended warranty. And I said, I didn't ask for that. And I said, um, I, I thought about this, and I thought, okay, here's my question. What would I do or say if I had absolutely no fear of the consequences? Because in the past, I would probably say, oh, 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 that's not what I want. You know, I, I would almost become apologetic. Oh, I'm sorry. If I conveyed that message, I'm sorry. That's not what I wanted. But I knew, I knew what he did. He was trying to deceive me. So instead of saying that, instead of being my old self, I decided to be Paul with a capital P. <laughs> I decided to say, this is unethical. You should not have done that. Why did you do that? He went speechless. <laughs> he said, oh, I'm sorry, I, I thought you wanted it. I said, no, I didn't want it. You just threw that on there, and that's not right. It's just a, 
it's bad business, it's unethical, and you know that doesn't make me very happy. I wasn't angry, I wasn't dramatic, I was assertive. And because of that, I didn't repress. I didn't take it with me. Now, I did have some lingering anger, like, that son of a, why would he do that? I had to think about it for a while and reflect on it. But the the built-up energy in that moment didn't get stuffed down. It came out. And because it came out, it didn't add to any numbness. It didn't stuff anything back down there to continue contributing to my numbness. Or, you know, I don't really have numbness, I don't think. But it didn't build any. Because repressing what you're feeling and what you're thinking, especially if it's negative, if you can't get it out or you don't get it out, will make that feeling come and or the lack of feeling come because you are just neutralizing real emotions you're neutralizing real thoughts and what would you do if you had absolutely no fear of the consequences if you say I would tell that guy that he shouldn't be doing this and it's unethical that was my truth and that's what I said and then I left with a release I released it on the spot I was able to get it out and then he took it off and I went on my way and I never had any business dealings with him again which is too bad I like that store but if he was there I wasn't going in I didn't really need anything else anyway but I wasn't gonna go back I didn't want to get conned I didn't want to get deceived you know stuff that like that can linger so that's what I took with me but I was okay I like I said I had some lingering anger but I was okay and I'm trying to convey that um, if I had done the opposite, if I had done behavior I used to do, if I swallowed my anger and said, oh, oh, that, that wasn't what I meant to say, I, I apologize, instead of owning it, instead of conveying how I really felt, because I knew this wasn't right, then uh, that would have changed how I felt later on. And what do you carry with you? What do you carry around with you in your life that you haven't expressed? I was just talking about this in Healed Being. You know, the program I do for emotionally abusive people that want to change. I wrote a lesson on uh, closure and getting closure. And sometimes a lot of us will walk around with these open loops, this unfinished business. And when we walk around with these open loops, we are more likely to be easily triggered. And we are more likely to repress our emotions and when we're triggered, we will act in a hurtful way to someone else because we haven't resolved what is triggering us. And it goes, it's very deep. It goes into a lot of stuff like the origin of the trigger and all that. But my point is, we can walk around with these open loops, this feeling of unfinished business, and this feeling that we don't have closure on something. It can eat away at us, it can suppress our happiness, it can suppress a lot, and that's what can lead to numbness as well. I'm going to get to this person's questions, but I'm laying the foundation of what I want to share, and one of the components of that foundation is to be authentic, even at the risk of being vulnerable and exposed, and even at the risk of losing someone or something you love. And this is a hard concept for people. I decided to adopt this uh, right near the end of my marriage. I realized I am not being honest. I am not being forthcoming. And if I hold this stuff, if I repress this stuff, it only eats away at me and it also trickles into the relationship in many ways because I am 50% of this relationship. And who I build myself up to be is how the relationship will turn out. If I build myself up to be 50% of my potential, then what am I giving to the relationship? Let alone what I'm losing inside myself. What am I not being as much as I could be in myself? What am I not doing as much as I could do in myself and for myself? And of course, when you're in a relationship, for the relationship too. Because some people not in a relationship they may not um, need to try as hard because there's no one else to impress but themselves. But when somebody else comes along and suddenly you're getting a lot of feedback about your behavior, whether that's them distancing themselves or telling you 
what's going on or what you just did hurt me why would you do that if you don't have that kind of feedback then you may not know that you have to work on anything which is why it's nice to have somebody else around to give you that feedback if possible it's nice to have somebody to react to your behaviors or respond to help you figure out how you're coming across it's just you know if that's possible you can do that it's nice to have that but we don't always have somebody around to help us reflect on that stuff which is you know you, you do your best but what this person says is they say I've grown a lot and I'm feeling guilty so the guilt here we go this is something you've repressed why cannot this be shared this is what I would share I feel so guilty I feel so guilty even talking to you now and I'm sharing this I still feel guilty that I didn't share it sooner and the following items are what I feel guilty about you know you don't speak so formally but this is what I would suggest is this is the first thing you address especially if the relationship is on its last legs and you're worried about losing it well let me say this that who you've been isn't working and who you are showing isn't working who you think you should be isn't working so who would you be if you chose to be yourself who would you be if you chose to be authentic you know what this is me I said I loved fish but I hate it every time we eat fish I can't stand it I only eat it because I love you and I didn't want you to be upset that you cooked it for me so I just kept eating it what <laughs> I wouldn't say it like that but I would certainly approach it like this I feel so guilty all this time I've been eating fish and I really don't like it I'm so sorry what you you're sorry you, you've been eating this the whole time and you never told me I want to be honest with you and I haven't been honest with you so this is something I haven't been honest about and I, I understand if you're angry about this and I would be too but I, I'm so sorry I just want to be honest with you I want to share this with you so this is something that I felt the need to say because I haven't been honest and of course the other person is going to say what why wouldn't you share this with me why didn't you just tell me and for whatever reason that person didn't they didn't tell the other person so that caused a problem in the person that didn't say anything and this always comes out you know this is something that's very subtle especially in a relationship that um, I'll use this as an example and it's probably not a real example but it could be I never liked your meatloaf <laughs> but let's just say it's a real example uh, I never liked the fish you cooked I never liked your meatloaf you know if that's how you feel then what happens is that you feel this way inside and that gets expressed through your body language through your inflections through your words all of this gets expressed and a lot of it is unconscious and when the other person can't pick up what you're feeling and thinking consciously what they'll do is like I said earlier they'll start to interpret how you feel like there's an incongruence going on here like they see you eating their meal but there's something they're picking up that isn't right it's not congruent meaning something doesn't line up your comment on how much you loved it doesn't match your expression as subtle as it may be even if you're smiling like crazy and saying oh this is so delicious there's still so many verbal and nonverbal patterns that uh, you may not be aware of that you still pick up and so this is what I mean when someone interprets what's going on when you don't show them the real you uh, this reminds me of we were with friends last night my girlfriend and I with uh, uh, another couple and they brought out these beers and I hate beer <laughs> beer tastes disgusting to me but they had these different flavored beers and we just poured a little bit in a cup and we were just trying these different beers and there was one that was just awful it was terrible it was the worst beer I've ever had it was it was just nasty and uh, the first person who tried it was the woman of the other couple and she just said oh that's terrible and she just put it down and couldn't drink it again and I didn't see what she drank so I picked mine up and 
I just went, oh, <laughs> I just made this expression and made this noise. And then everyone laughed. And I thought, oh, that, that was just awful. I couldn't do it. And I couldn't imagine what it would have been like for me to hide that expression, that reaction from my friends or anyone. How could you hide something that you just don't like? I mean, we do this sometimes, don't we? We hide our reaction or our expression because we really don't like it. Like, that's the worst painting I've ever seen. Oh, that's a lovely painting. <laughs> we hide them, but what comes across when we hide? And so, you know, I wear my heart on my sleeve and I wear my thoughts on my sleeve unless they're not very nice and I might reserve my thoughts sometimes. But for the most part, I, I like to be genuine. I like to just enjoy myself and be myself and be real. And I think that creates real connection and so that's what I did I was just oh, and I squirmed and I didn't like it at all and they noticed it and they they realized how bad the beer was because they tried it too but it was just funny uh, because I just I didn't hold back but if I had and this is my point if I had held back that probably would have been noticed I, I couldn't I don't know if I could fake it that well but that's just one minor example of some of the major things that we do in life with other people especially we don't necessarily show them our fully authentic or a fully authentic representation of ourselves and then we give off some vibe you know some unconscious nonverbal thing or even verbal thing where they there's an inflection in your voice the way you say it they pick it up i mean there's a lot of obvious stuff like, oh, yeah, that's uh, that's delicious. Uh, I mean, you could tell there's a little bit of sarcasm in there, but maybe not. But it's not so obvious all the time. And so that's what I mean is that, you know, our brains are very good at picking this stuff up. And this is what happens, and this is what I'm talking about for this person who wrote, is that if you have been incongruent, meaning your thoughts and your intentions didn't line up with your behaviors, even at the unconscious level, people pick it up, and then they interpret what you might be thinking, and then they might think you're lying. Like there's something strange about this person, or something off about this person. There's something weird going on here. They, I feel like they're not being truthful. And that's what happens, is you install or implant their feeling that you're not being truthful, because you're not being honest. And they don't really know that you're not being honest. You haven't really said anything that might throw them off, but... Boy, if you're angry inside and you show a happy face, more often than not, then that their thought that you might be hiding something, it amplifies, it grows over time. And this is what can create that distance and dissolving of love and connection. And so this person who wrote says, you know, I, I have not been transparent at the beginning out of fear. This is where you step into the fear and take a leap of faith. I give you plenty of examples of doing that in many episodes of my, my show, but um, one of my examples that I've shared many times is saying something to my boss that I really believed would probably get me fired. I, I believed at 99% that this was the moment I would get fired <laughs> because I said something in front of the whole team that would be considered resistant. It would be considered... Um, I'll probably passive aggressive for sure, but I said something like, you know, maybe you'll stop yelling at us <laughs> if I do this thing for you. It was something like that, and the whole team just went silent, <laughs> and because uh, he was going around, you know, just really talking aggressively to people, saying, "What are you gonna do? And what are you gonna do?" And I'd had enough. I thought this is it. What would I do or say if I had absolutely no fear of the consequences? And I said, "I'm gonna say this." And I said that, and he just said something like, oh, you think I'm yelling at you? And then he moved on. And then I was talked to later by a manager, and he said, you know, you probably shouldn't have said that. And I said, I know, but uh, <laughs> I did. And so um, I made it through that. I, I didn't get fired. And I, I tested this. I tested this idea uh, or this concept of saying or doing what I feel with absolutely no fear of the consequences, even though I had fear. But what would I do or say if I had no fear? 
And I practiced that and I tested that over and over again in different circumstances and different scenarios. And I realized, I realized something. I realized that I had nothing to fear. I was still afraid when I did it, but everything I thought would happen didn't happen. That's not to say it would never happen or, you know, it may never happen, but it could. But every time I test this, every time I test this question, what would I do or say if I had absolutely no fear of the consequences? When I tested that and I came up with my truth and I took action on that truth, what I feared never came true. And that was a huge lesson for me and it changed my life. And I share this with you not because I want you to do it every time, but I want you to think about it. I want you to put it in the back of your mind. I want you to start trickling it into your thought patterns every day because I'm willing to bet, this person who wrote, I'm willing to bet that you hold back more than you think you do. Because after I started practicing this concept, I realized just how much I had been holding back in many situations with many people and many different relationship scenarios. I held back so much. And so I started not holding back and I started feeling better in myself. My depression started to lift when I was depressed. Uh, I started um, not feeling like I was at the verge of being triggered all the time. I always felt like I was a little bit ready to get triggered all the time. And um, I just, start, that stuff started going away. And talk about not feeling numb, it was the opposite. I was starting to feel alive, starting to feel good and confident in myself. Because the more I expressed who I was, the more I realized who I haven't been for so long, and the more I realized how authentic my connections became. It's like the person uh, I worked with once, a client. She said, you know, I had never seen my boyfriend angry. And he always was nice, and he was always, you know, saying nice things, but I'd never seen him angry. And it just got old and he would commit to things and not follow through and he had other issues going on too but uh, she said one day he got so angry because I did something or we talked about something I finally saw him angry he got so angry that he kicked a hole in the door or the wall or something he just kicked a hole he was so angry and she said that was the first time I saw the real him he looks so sexy in that moment. <laughs> I thought that's great. I mean, that's who needs to come out, the real person. That's what was going on inside. She was waiting for that real person the whole time. And he finally showed himself in that moment, or at least what was true for him in that moment. He was angry and she wanted to see that. She saw this one side for so long. And as soon as she saw that, he became attractive again. And so that was enlightening for her, and it was enlightening for him, and they understood that there might be something more to explore there. And this is what I'm sharing with you, is that this is how we find ourselves. You said you feel lost. You said you forgot who you are, or almost forgot who you are. Well, in order to find yourself, you have to probably restructure yourself from the ground up. And what I mean by that is you have to build the foundation of you. When you run into situations where you have a choice, which is there's a lot of choices out there, when you run into your next choice, you need to figure out what your truth is by asking that question. And once you know your truth, you have to decide to take action on it or not. Because I guarantee you, the less you take action on your truth, the more you forget who you are. And you will become lost. So you said, I want to try to turn things around before quitting on us. Turning things around for us is really about you. It's becoming the version of you that maybe the other person's never seen. You ask, is it possible to start over? And if so, how can it be done? I just explained the whole thing. <laughs> it, that's how it can be done. That's how I reinvented myself. I started honoring myself. I started honoring my personal boundaries. I have said many times in the show how I've honored my personal boundaries and made sure that no one crossed what I like to call my castle walls. I have this castle that is me. 
that no one can enter unless I give them permission. Sire, may I come in? No. <laughs> you, you stay out there. You are toxic. What about me? You're safe. Come on in. Let's taste test some beers that I don't like. <laughs> so this is what you do. You build your castle and you allow only certain people in and you keep the toxic people out. That's what the moat is for. If you don't have a moat with alligators and sharks and dangerous kraken, uh, <laughs> then you end up letting the wrong people in. And I know that's a scary thought for some people. What? I, 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 I I've always left my door open. I don't want to seem resistant. I don't want to seem like I'm a jerk. It's not being a jerk if you're honoring yourself. If you don't want that person in your life, you got to build the wall. you got to kind of keep them at bay so they don't cross the moat. They can cross the moat if you bring the drawbridge down. But if you keep that drawbridge up and you are selective, this is how you start to restructure your life. Stone by stone, as you build your castle walls to keep the wrong people out and the right people, they can come in and out as they want as long as they are continuing to be the right people you know treating you right you trust them they trust you it all works out but you may have to start from scratch because if you haven't been this person like for a long time or ever you have to find out who you are and you find out who you are by finding out what your truth is and if you ask the question what would I do or say if I had absolutely no fear of the consequences and you say something like, I, I don't know, I'm not sure. Maybe you need to change the question a little, bit, a little bit, like, what should I do in this moment? Or what would uh, somebody who has absolute confidence in themselves do? What would a mentally strong person do in this moment? The answers are in you. You have these answers. It's just sometimes we can't attribute the answers to ourselves, so you might have to invite somebody else in there. And I don't mean a real person. I mean like a role model in your mind. For example, I picture myself as the Terminator from the movie The Terminator who has no emotions and no fear. Because, you know, android, robot, whatever. They don't have any emotions and no fear. So when I felt anxious one day, I pretended to be that person or that thing. <laughs> I am the Terminator. And suddenly my anxiety went away and I felt okay. I felt strong. I felt confident. I had to call on a Terminator spirit guide. <laughs> and the Terminator spirit guide helped me through that moment. And so sometimes you have to do that. Sometimes you think, I, I can't do this myself. I don't have the resources or the capability to do this. All right, well, if you don't, call on somebody else or something else. If you need help, it's there inside you I hope I've given you something to work with today I hope this helps thank you so much and uh, I appreciate you we'll be right back I'm going to give you my thank yous and my goodbyes and my final words right after this Thank you for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. I want to thank our financial backers. These are the patrons of the week, Chris and Jillian and Michelle and Gemma. Michelle again, uh, might be the same one. Wanda, Elaine, Emily, Victoria, Tracy, Janet, and Kayla. Love reading your names, seeing you every week, different names every week, but I see these at least once a month. Good to see you again. Thank you so much for your support. They are the patrons of this week, and I am so appreciative of their patronage and I also want to thank two people that made a donation to the show uh, I'm going to say it's Joette Joette thank you so much for your donation it was a surprise you didn't even include a letter I, I'm just assuming that you found value in an episode or two and decided to give back and I am so grateful thank you so much it was very generous and Thomas also very generous thank you so much both of you have decided to donate to the show. Thomas did write something, and uh, I am very grateful. I have responded to Thomas in a way Thomas will understand in a moment, <laughs> maybe after he listens to this episode. Thank you so much for this, Thomas. I appreciate you. And Joette, 
all of you, everyone who has given to the show, very grateful. I have been doing this for a long time, and anytime I see any type of return like that, I don't ask for it, but people have given, and I am grateful for it. And believe me, I recognize all of you. Thank you so much. And if you find value in the show and you want to give back, head over to moretob.com, and there are options to do that over there. Thanks again, and um, let me tell you about these other things I've got going on. There's a show called Love and Abuse. That's my other podcast that I host. It is for emotionally abusive relationships or difficult relationships or any relationship that you're having trouble navigating. If you're in a situation that you want to figure out what's going on, how do I deal with this difficult person? How do I deal with this controlling or manipulative or abusive person? Head over to loveandabuse.com. And if you are the difficult person, if you're the one who might be being emotionally abusive, if you're hurting someone you love, head over to the program that uh, it's really life-changing. You will literally have to change your life in many ways in order to stop certain behaviors. And I teach you how to do that. I teach all of it over at healedbeing.com. And finally, thanks to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for some of the music transitions in the overwhelmed brain. And to close the show, I'm just going to do a quick mention about something that um, I started to talk about in, I think, the second segment, where alcohol, drugs, and things like that can take your filters away. And it often shows what we're holding on to inside of us. So if you are a happy drunk, you might be happier inside of you. (laughs) And uh, you have to get drunk to feel it. And I'm not saying that you should, but... Uh, you might feel happy inside of you, but it's just not coming out. Just like you might have anger or violence inside of you. And when you drink or get high or whatever, uh, you become that person. So alcohol and drugs and things like that will take away your filters and show the world you without any buffer. (laughs) This is me in the raw if you're really mean, that doesn't mean who that's who you are at the deepest level or anything. That's not it at all. It just means that's what's in there. That's what needs to be addressed. That's usually what uh, we drink or smoke or do drugs for is for coping mechanisms. Oh, I mean, there's all kinds of reasons to do it. But when you have these heavy negative emotions inside and you start to feel them come up, some people will use a vice like that. They will turn to drinking or smoking or drugs just to not feel what eventually comes out when they're inebriated. That depends on what you take. (laughs) I'm not an expert on drugs and things like that, but uh, I do know that alcohol is one of those uh, substances that when you drink it, whatever's in there comes out because the filters are, are down. And whatever's in there could be something you've repressed from a long time ago. Or it doesn't have to be a long time ago. Just anything that you're holding on to. If you have anger about something your dad said or something your mom did or something that uh, somebody betrayed you and you never dealt with that anger, it might come out when you are drunk. So you just have to be careful. If you are doing things or saying things that people are telling you when you're inebriated, if you get inebriated or things like that, it's important to remember that you might have something to deal with it. It's kind of a a reflection of yourself. If you become somebody else when you are on something. And so I don't know if this is a a PSA. It's not really a PSA. It's more like in order to help you understand yourself, if you get high, get drunk, whatever, and another you comes out, it is something to reflect on. Like, really, I'm mean when I'm drunk? Wow, why am I mean? Am I angry? Oh, yeah, you're angry too. Wow, what am I angry at? You know, this is something you think about when you're sober. What am I angry at? What am I angry about? Because that clearly needs to be addressed. And I'm not saying that this couldn't be chemical too. (laughs) You could activate certain chemicals that create anger. I'm just saying it's just something to look at. Just something to think about. Just something to reflect upon. If there are times when you become somebody that doesn't really seem like you, something different, someone different, that might be something to reflect on. It's sort of like I was never angry most of my life. 
and I also had a quick temper. That doesn't mean I lost it, it just meant when I felt angry, I stuffed it. So I would be quick to a temper, but I would stuff the anger. So I guess I didn't really have a temper, but I was quick. <laughs> I was quickly triggered to be angry, and when I got angry, I didn't show it, I stuffed it back down. And so clearly, there was anger inside of me, and I was probably, I know, I was in denial that there was anger inside of me, and I chose not to deal with it. Eh, I, I know how to deal with it. I'll just stuff it down. That doesn't work. I mean, it works temporarily. It's good in the moment if you really need to do it. But if you don't deal with it, if you don't deal with what's in there, it comes out. And it'll come out in all the ways I talked about in this episode and uh, in other ways too. And for me, it always came out in subtle ways and it always destroyed my relationships because they never saw the real me. I just want you to be real when you can. Pick your battles wisely, of course, but I want you to be as real as you can so that you can experience all that life has to offer. And I know some of it's hard, some of it's painful, but not all of it. Some of it can be pretty damn good. I want you to experience the good as much as possible. And sometimes we have to kind of go through some of the bad stuff to get to the good stuff. And that might mean dealing with some old stuff inside you. And, you know, you might have to do it in therapy, or maybe you can do it on your own. But I don't, I don't think it's a good idea just to leave it there and continue going through life without ever addressing it. And if it really is too painful, it's just something so bad that you can't deal with, just go to the old reliable journal. Write it down. This is what I'm experiencing. It's so painful. And just write down what comes to mind, even if it's completely nonsense or whatever. I'm I'm feeling so much anger and I don't know why. Just write it down. Put it out there because what you're doing is in expressing the inner emotions and putting them out there in some way, shape, or form. You're taking them out of your body. They may not all come out when you do this, but it, you got to open the door somehow. And so that's one way. That's another method of expressing and being yourself, being authentic, and hopefully getting to a point where you're experiencing more good in life or at least opening the door to it. Because the more authentic you are, the more of life you get to experience. I hope this helps. And thank you for listening. Always keep an open mind. That's how you step into your power so that you can create the life you want. Always take steps to grow and evolve. You are powerful beyond measure. And above all, and this is something I absolutely know to be true about you. You are amazing. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.